Yeah, there was this idea that you had to be sharp. And this was to, I guess, attract more people to the church and to have and to be a leader. Um, Welcome to the Reclamation Podcast. My name is Aldo Martin. And I'm Cousin Eddie. And together, we're going to explore what it's like to be in and leave a religious cult. For more info on the Reclamation Podcast, or to tell your story, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Aldo B. Martin. <laughs> it's not sharp. It's not sharp. Whoa. All right, hold up, hold up. Stop right there. That's a throwback word. Yeah. I, uh, Cousin Eddie, we might have to do this every couple of episodes where uh, a guest brings up a word that just jogs my memory. Liz, can you please explain to people this concept of being sharp? How how, how would you best describe that? <laughs> I'll, I'll give I'll give it a go, but I, I I don't know if I do it justice. But yeah, the, there was this idea that you had to be sharp, and this was to I guess attract more people to the church and to have and to be a leader. Um, and this, I think, generally meant dressing a certain way, which was like very, very, uh, you know, uh, presentable, clean cut. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you're a woman, it's always your nails and hair and makeup are always done. Um, it's also like how you present yourself, right? So you overly confident. This was really applied, you know, really worked well for our um, people in, in the drama classes and stuff because they they always had this presence uh, or could mm-hmm. put on or perform. And honestly, that's what being sharp is. It's, it's kind of performing this role of looking and 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 seeming like uh like a really well put together successful person yeah um and they would also go for people who appeared sharp so like that would be someone who was successful in their career or in in their in their whatever they were good at their interests or school or sport um to attract more people i think that's like how i understand sharp but if you had like a your course or if you were shy or you didn't, you were a little sloppy, you know, those things were not considered sharp. Okay. They were not. And also, honestly, you know, if you just looked a certain way, you know, you, you just might not be sharp. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and in essence, I didn't really realize it, but we were looking for a sharp person just meant a really good salesman. Is it, yeah. And, and so, yeah. Cu- so cousin Eddie, so when, mm-hmm. when some of the leaders would, you know, uh, you know, send people out to go evangelize or, you know, recruit or whatever, you know, let's say you'd bring a visitor who wasn't, who was just a regular guy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm never going to say regular guy, a guy who just didn't look well-kempt, right? You know, the leaders would come up to you and say, you know, that guy's not sharp enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We could, we could do, we thing. could do, we could do better than that. And I never understood it until I became until I became an actual adult with a career. And I was like, oh, they were looking for like more sales reps. Mm. That's, that's, that's a good term. Yeah, that, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's really it. Because it's like yeah. nobody's going to want to become a member of the church with the unkempt people. <laughs> Therefore, you got to put up a certain appearance to attract more. Well, in the famous words of Dr. Michelle Melton, bodies in the seats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what she said yeah. in, in in her interview mm-hmm. all right so liz let me ask you this now um and this is a pretty simple answer but how long were you a member yeah i haven't really counted that um i did at one point 
Oh, I guess it wasn't that long. It was about 10 years. Wait, what? That's not, that's a long stretch. That's a decade. <laughs> that, yes. That's not six months. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, it's, I know I say that and I'm thinking it seems like such a, you know, now that I'm older, because maybe at the time it seemed like, you know, monumental. But now that I'm older, I'm like, OK, it wasn't it was a long. You're right. It's a long time. I was like, actually, it's nine years because I left at um, age 23. And I joined at 14. So just on just under 10 years. But um, yeah, that's how long. Mm-hmm. See, I thought I thought she was gonna tell us, you know, a year, <laughs> two years, like nine oh, years, 10 years. That's that's, that's a yeah. that's a full <laughs> presidential two terms plus two years. Plus two years, yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus two years, right? Like you can literally live through three presidents within that time yeah. frame. That's interesting. All right. So, so we know what drew your mom to this organization, but at mm-hmm. some point you, you made up your mind. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you made up your mind to stay. And I know for me, there were red flags all the time, but, but I stayed mm-hmm. for different reasons for you. Did you notice any red flags for yourself? And if so, mm-hmm. what made you kind of ignore them and stay? And if I if I miss said anything, please, please correct me. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because I remember actually I, I, maybe when I was actually studying the Bible, I, there were things that actually even then I was like, it doesn't really go. It's not logical. But, you know, I was like, oh, you know, but faith isn't logical. And I would kind of maybe have that sort of thinking because, you know, it, to, to be someone to who you know, if you have a faith and you believe in God, a lot of that isn't a logical, rational thing anyway. So I would kind of just make that argument to myself sometimes. Um, But what made me stay or like, I I think there was some definitely things I noticed, Um, you know, like, for example, (laughs) I'll never forget this. I remember there was some, there was some creepy guys. Like I just, that was one thing. (laughs) And this is Dude, like, I was like, you're a Christian. Like, it would just be so funny. Like, you know what I mean? And they would try to encourage and like, almost like if they went on more date, these dates, which were actually like these, like, you know, very public and and double dating things, you know, that they would be okay. And they kind of encourage you to go with sometimes with some people who made you very uncomfortable, to be honest. Um, So that, that was weird. I, you know, and I tried to explain, you know, you can really explain it to your friends. For me, it was really hard because my dad did not understand whatsoever. And by that time, he had converted to like Pentecostalism and would tell me all the time this was a cult. Oh, so, wow. Could, could, yeah. Could, could we, I'm sorry. Could we stop there? Um, yeah. There are so many offshoots and I, I don't have too <laughs> sure. much knowledge. In really, what is, yeah. What's the difference between what he, he was into, mm-hmm. like, like mainly compared to what you guys were doing? Oh, so, I mean, he was in part of like a mainstream Pentecostal church. Pentecostalism is, is also very strict and extreme, but it, it really is like more about uh, speaking in tongues and, um, okay. yeah, that. It, Does it's that make more, a church stuff too? It can be, but yeah. it, it's just more of a, more of a denomination. Um, mm-hmm. And it's more of a mainstream denomination. Like they, they're part of like a, a large, like, you know, a lot of, some of these churches have large charters that go back to 1800s and stuff like that. Okay. And so every version of that church kind of follows a process. Uh-huh. And even this church came out of one of them. It just was a breakaway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, yeah. yeah, Pentecostalism is just another type of church <laughs> and like being Baptist or, whereas I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it was cultish. It was just, you know, it's just very religious. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if, okay. if I Thank can, you. 
if I can add on to that, um, it, it's, um, you know, these different denominations and all these different denominations practice their Christianity in different ways. Right. Yeah. So as Liz said earlier, we were fundamentalists in the sense that we really believed in the Bible literally. Right. Yeah. Whereas some of these denominations just believed in certain practices. I, it's it's kind of hard to, yeah. to, 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 uh, to generalize it all, but different Christian groups believe in the Bible in different ways and therefore 100%. live in different ways. And we believed that I, to be saved, to be a Christian, you have to live like it. So anyhow, um, Liz, you were saying, so we were talking about that How? was one of the, I mean, there was a couple of, like I said, my dad told me that, you yeah. know, and actually in addition to that, but I actually felt very, um, I felt like defending my mom. He gave my mom such a hard time about it too. Because, but I know, because he, because she dragged the kids into it. Yeah. And because she, yeah. And her, her time, I, I mean, I personally, you know, I don't, and obviously I think it was misguided, but you know, she spent so much time and effort and he didn't, he just didn't like it. I mean, I don't, think he was supportive anyway but this is a different story but more so though he you know he really was mean to her when when she was becoming a part of the church and I I mean they weren't going to stay together anyway so this is not I don't think I wouldn't blame the church for the divorce at all I just would say that he gave her a hard time and then when even after we divorced I would say oh I'm you know this weekend I'm going to be doing this you know or whatever he was like you know it's a cult that's not a real or it wouldn't or you aren't really Christians or you aren't really like he just didn't believe it um and so it's weird my, my dad converted to that from uh jehovah's witness so i mean it, the whole thing my whole family is just very like caught oh, up you, in that well there's a lot of layers there yeah your dad was a jehovah's witness yeah but he wasn't like really a, i mean he was but he like didn't he didn't do anything related to it to be honest like, <laughs> so so yeah. it's really ironic yeah that the guy who was part of the jehovah's witnesses would say to his daughter hey listen you're part of a cult yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, it's really funny now because, you know, his, his family who are part of Jehovah's Witness, some of them won't speak to him. So it's actually like, it's really like that. Like mm-hmm. they're like, you left the, you left the, the witnesses and now the we can't talk to you. or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's interesting. Oof. You're right. It's Oof. interesting that happened. Oof. Yeah. It, um, Liz, if I'm, I'm sorry to pause you again, <laughs> while you were talking, you were mentioning how um, one of the red flags for you was, there were just some unagreeable people there for you, right? Oh, people yeah. that weirded you out and yeah. how you were put in these circumstances. And you mentioned dating. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to give another some, common thread, another common thread, but I, I want to give some context to that. You see, when, when you're a member of this church and Liz, stop me if, uh, if, if I'm wrong here, but dating was also controlled. And oh, very much so. Yeah. And number one, off the rip, you were not allowed to date anyone who was not a member of said church or the not, ch- our church, right? Yeah. You weren't. So only thing you could do is just date the people that were there. Right. Mm-hmm. And and again, our church was 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 citywide, nationwide, and it was global. Mm-hmm. And so that's what would happen. And so when the guys would ask the women out on dates or whatever. Most of the time, the women had to say yes. Yes, pretty much. Right. Pretty so, so it, it, speak on that a, a, a little bit because this is where you yeah. encountered the weirdos. Yeah, for lack no, of a better really, term, you really didn't have a choice. And I, 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 I will say, it was like it was considered like you should encourage the brothers. 
And that was kind of the language that was used um, to, to go on dates, though. It wasn't I wouldn't say it was felt like, you know, there was one time it was it got really weird. But for the most part, I didn't feel unsafe. I wouldn't say that because the way the dates were structured, they were more so let's go to a movie as a group and let's mm-hmm. go out to eat as a group. And then the women say that go their separate ways and then go their separate ways. So, you know, it was very like very limited in what was actually happening on these dates. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, but. On the other side of things, it wasn't like you, you almost felt like you couldn't really have an interest in anyone unless it was okay for, you know, unless someone told you that was okay. Right. Or it was a suggestion, you know, maybe you should talk to this person or whatever, but if you like someone um, or wanted to get to know someone and it wasn't who they thought it, you should know, or who they have someone else in mind for, that was definitely frowned upon as well. And um, I, for me, the weird situation, I might as well just say, it was just that when I was in high school, I was asked on a date from like someone who was older. Um, and in that case, he was like, wanted to take me on a date by himself. And I, you know, I totally was uncomfortable with that. And he, you know, and I, I did, I told him I wasn't, you know, I didn't know this at the time. So I went with him, I started the date and I was like, where's the other couple? And, you know, so that's how that ended. But wow. um, yeah. And this was in the church. This is in a church, yeah. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's a good We're... gut feeling to get have at a young age, thankfully. Yes. You know? No, I mean, that, exactly, those situations thankfully. can turn very, very evil for certain people. No, it's totally, totally that. Mm-hmm. And, I, and honestly, there are some people who are in the church and you don't know. I mean, yes, they may have gone through and, and confessed their sins and done all the things to get baptized, but you still weren't totally convinced that they were 100% on the same page as you. So, yeah. Um, and you could never know. That's the other thing that was really um, apparent to me. Although we were all supposed to have the same beliefs and belief system and same convictions, that the reality was that was not the case. And you could see that. Um, and, oh, yeah. Church was a great place to hide for a lot of religions. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I work with some guys that they cross that threshold every Sunday in their religion and they believe that that absolves them of being sociopaths and they're they're not they're still really nasty people yeah religion or not they're really nasty people you know like that the religion doesn't fix that it doesn't (laughs) not at all not at all it doesn't doesn't, and then the other thing is it doesn't guarantee the values you have and if you there was a, a time when and i don't you know everyone has their different beliefs, but I just remember this and it actually hurt my heart. I was at a, a mega service. It was in, it used to be held in, it was either at city center or, or um, no. Jacob Jab Center? Might've been a Jab Center or the other big theater that we used to have. Madison Square Garden. Madison, one of those. And um, it was at a time, I don't remember why this came up. I think it was in the late nineties, but <sighs> basically the, the pastor came on or the, you know, whatever you want to call them, I don't remember what you can call them then, but came on and said that, you know, if you were here illegally, um, that you need to go turn yourself in because that's not, uh, that's not being like a disciple. Okay. And, hold, uh, hold, hold on one second. Yeah. Um, I just need the audience to get a visual. I just took my glasses off. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I'm using my ears to decipher what is being said to me, I just took my glasses off as if that's going to make a difference. But can you please repeat that? Yeah. yeah, I just remember there was a certain, there isn't, it really sat with me. Like it struck me so much when, it, when he said that. I mean, 
I don't remember what the, there must've been something in a national like discussion that was bringing this up because and this is, this is the late nineties, late nineties. Yeah. This is late nineties. And I'm trying to remember what it was, but um, it was just like, if you are here illegally, you don't have papers, you need to go turn yourself in because you know, that's price like or whatever. And I don't know where that came from. And I know personally, like from someone who has parents who migrated here and, and who knows people who aren't here legally, it just was like, Oh, you're talking about immigration. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I, I thought you were talking about crimes or something. Oh, sorry. No, like they were oh. just here like without papers. He was, was saying literally... if you're here illegally, you need to go yeah. to this? Oh, wow. Yeah. And I don't know what prompted that. That's what I'm saying. I don't know where it came from, um, but right. it was struck. It's just sat with me and really struck me. Not that, I mean, to be honest, like, yeah, technically you should, but. Well, I, I just, uh, um, was it, was, man, was it a white guy? Of course it was. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was. It really blew my mind because prior to this, that statement, I mean, I know maybe a lot of people probably won't even remember that happening, but I do. And I'm pretty sure there are some who do, but it blew my mind because there are a number of reasons why. Right. The, the leaders, most of the majority of leaders of the church were white, but obviously in areas like New York City, like the majority of the church was not white. Right. It, was, it was people of color. It was. And Oftentimes, there were people who were here who came, who migrated to New York City and New Jersey Correct. and these places. Correct. And we all have like a, there's a story that kind of brings you to, to even becoming a Christian that was common. So I really was like really struck because there were so many people there who, even if that didn't affect them, it would have resonated. That's like, it's almost like, what? That's almost like telling your family they need to like ruin their lives right now. Instead of like maybe maybe suggesting a pathway or try or help. And most churches offer refuge. So I just don't know. I can't remember why that came up or if someone had brought that up, but I, I wish I could find a transcript because I remember it so well. Mm. Um, and it really struck me. And it also sat with me for a number of reasons because, um, you know, later on, I, I really, not even later on, maybe around the same time, I, you know, I, I did feel that there was not as much of a concern about the things that are impacting people of color. Um, there was actually never a discussion around that stuff at all. And um, it was almost ignored. And, and so that, that part, I, I think, was another thing that it was a flag for me that, um, that really bothered me. I mean, the, the bigger flag was also, or one of the biggest flags was also 9-11. Um, that, that, oh, that, that was a flag for me, too. Oh, I, I, if, I, I was, if I'm not mistaken, we were in the, uh, the same auditorium. This is when we yes. had in, uh, on 23rd Street. Yeah. What, 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 what was it about 9-11 that, uh, that was a flag for you? Oh, it was just how it was uh, dressed and handled. I mean, we, we probably had the scariest day of our lives. And, um, and had made the effort to go to church that evening. Um, after, because if, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. you were you were a college student at the time in Lower Manhattan. Mm-hmm. In as, Lower Manhattan, yeah. Yeah, I as, lived about as a mile was and a half I. Away, and I like I had for me, I was freaking out. Right. Like, I, I mean, all of us were. But I was literally, you know, earlier that day standing in Washington Square Park and staring at the buildings as they burned. Yes. And watching them fall and then running back to my <clears throat> apartment and seeing people cover like that. I didn't even know people could run that fast because by the time I got headed back my, my apartment, I saw people covered in ash running at Broadway and I was freaking out. I wanted to get off the island like immediately and I couldn't. And then I calmed down by that point. I went to some vigil and that was the other thing. I went, had gone to a vigil in Thompson Square Park and in Washington Square Park. And I felt like 
oh, you know, there, there's hope for us, like New Yorkers come together. And so I expected that at church. That's what I expected. I expected it to be more of that, more of this healing moment, more of this comforting moment. And it was like nothing happened to me. All I remember, I don't know what you remember, but I remember that there was the same church structure meeting that normally has. I think we had a song, we had contribution and some, mm-hmm. something else. And I was just like, what are we doing? This is crazy. And then there was like, my, my future, I had eventually was roommates with her, was crying in the next room because she was completely like um, shocked by what she saw that day. And there was just other people. And I actually remember, I thought I, maybe I brought someone with me because I was like, people were just searching and wanted to go somewhere to feel, feel you know, and you walk into that and it did not feel like an acknowledgement of what we were all feeling. Mm. Um, or even that there is, if you believe in God, that there's a God that like could help you with this because it was just like, completely removed and distanced from like what our human like needs were at the time. It was really, really like a, like a business, business as usual type of business thing? as usual. Totally that. Yeah. Well, wow, that that's, that's interesting. The biggest red flags for me. Mm-hmm. That, that, so that, that, that lack of empathy during that time, totally. that was a yeah. red, wow. Wow. I, I never, mm-hmm. I, I never heard that from, uh, uh, from your perspective or anyone's perspective at all in terms of that being a red flag, but yeah, I can totally see that. I respect that. I, I totally yeah. respect that because I do remember that time also. And it was like time to, uh, yeah. they made it as a time to move on. So that for you was like the biggest red flag. Right. But, yeah. but we still stayed. Yeah. We still stayed. Right. We still, I still stayed. stayed. Yeah. So, I, was, so, I left the maybe a year and a half after that, but I so, still stayed. So before, before uh, we get into you leaving, this might be a difficult question to answer, but how far do you think you would have gone for this organization? In other words, what was your level of commitment? Right. So oh, if we're, if we're going to say, if we're going to say, if we're going to say a level four is totally committed all in mm-hmm. and a level one is, you know, half in half out, mm-hmm. where, where would you rank your level of commitment with this organization? Next time on The Reclamation. Is your mom still a member? Yeah, I was just going to say she is, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I didn't know that part. <laughs> yeah, I she didn't is. know that part. Has you leaving the church had an effect on the relationship with your mom? For more info on The Reclamation Podcast or to tell your story, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Aldo B. Martin.